This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is teaching kids about money. This is a really big topic because I think that a lot of parents out there and grandparents wonder about what's the best way to teach kids about money. And a lot of people are wishing they had learned some money lessons when they were a little younger. (laughs) Mary, when I was reading what you had down, I thought, oh, I didn't know I could have started when they were three. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to have some fun. Amy McFarland is here with me today. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Mary. And we are going to talk about um, five specific lessons that you can teach your kids about money. And not just the lessons, but some practical activities that you can use to actually put those lessons into play, which will be kind of fun. So let's just jump right in and, and talk about this. The, the reason that I feel kind of passionate about this is that the sooner that parents or grandparents start taking advantage of everyday teachable money moments, you know, the better off our kids will be. Because parents are the number one influence on their children's financial behaviors. And if we want to raise a generation of mindful consumers – Um, If we want to raise a generation of investors and spenders instead of people who get into credit trouble and are broke, then these are some of the lessons Mm -hmm. that we want to pass down Mm -hmm. to people. So, okay, so let's let's dive in. The first lesson that I want to talk about is something that you can teach your kids when they are between the ages of three to five. Mm -hmm. And that lesson is you might have to wait to buy something you want. Huh. I think that might apply to outside of just ages three to five, but that's when you can actually start talking to them about that. And I think the temper tantrums that ensue can happen at a much later age too, Mary. <laughs> All the way up to 33 and 55 probably. <laughs> so, but this is a hard concept for people of all ages, right? So, but kids at this age need to learn that if they really want something, they should learn to wait and save to buy it. And it's something that if you teach your kids at this very young, precious age what money is, then and, and you teach them in small increments how to save it, it really is a lasting lesson for them. Well, and Mary, what's your number one lesson you talk about money, which is money provides you with choices. Right, exactly. <laughs> Three-year-old can recognize choices in a toy store. <laughs> yes, they absolutely can. In fact, um, over this past holiday weekend, my four-year-old grandson was at my house, and we were playing with a little cash register that has <laughs> fake money. So our game that we played multiple times over the weekend was going to the store and so he would um, go into my pantry and take little food items and put them in a basket he'd bring them over to the cash register and then we'd (laughs) scan them and then he didn't quite get it because he would take money out of the cash register and give it to me (laughs) (laughs) I wish that happened when I went to the grocery store class three felon (laughs) (laughs) and he got really good at saying clean up on aisle three (laughs) Cute. But anyway, it was a great teachable money moment because I showed him like that the bigger coins you have to use for the bigger items. And it was as simple as that, you know, and and it was something that he could kind of get. Sure. Even though he's four years old. So here's how to utilize this information for a three to five year old. Here's how to actually teach that lesson. Okay. Um, The thing is that you can... You can. We have this great 
giveaway today that is a money box for kids. And it has three components to it. It has a spend, it has a save, and it has a share, which are probably the three most valuable lessons you can Mm -hmm. teach kids about money at any age, right? But if you have these kind of jars, and even if it's something that you're teaching them that you put a quarter into it, and they save a dollar. So every day they put a quarter into it, and then after four days, they have a dollar, and you can go buy a candy bar or a lollipop. Or if you put a quarter into this every day for, you know, two weeks, then they can go buy a Hot Wheels car. And kids love repetitiveness. Sure. And so if you're doing something repetitively like that, like putting your quarter in and then counting your quarters every day, and then you can say, when we have 15 quarters, we can go buy a Hot Wheels car. And then you take your quarters to the store with your child and they can pick out their Hot Wheels car and you you show them using those quarters to buy it. That whole money lesson from the very beginning of it, of putting the quarter in the box to counting the quarters to go shopping with the quarters, is something that a five-year-old can get. Sure. Um, And it sounds basic, and it sounds like it'd be easy to just go buy a Hot Wheels car instead, but you're missing the money lesson if you don't teach them that. Well, and you know, the other thing, as parents or grandparents, you have to be, as you say, repetitive even in doing this every day so they learn the habit I think they say a habit takes 21 times to be formed yes absolutely so So, and the thing about it with kids is that it has to be a small little goal right Mm -hmm. it can't be something where you have to wait six weeks to do it because they will have lost interest so if you can do this money lesson you know every five to six days or once a week or something like that then they're going to be able to get it now when you get into older ages you can make it a bigger goal that takes longer but the these three to five-year-old kids to be able to teach them this money lesson is absolutely something that needs to happen on a short-term basis. So these money boxes that we have, um, they're kind of a, a flat cardboard when they come in. You put them together and they they um, tie together to have a nice little bank that you can use for your kids. So there's a bucket for spend, there's a bucket for share, and there's a bucket for saving. And um, I will tell you, I actually used these with my youngest son. Oh, really? And um, when my youngest son was probably six or seven, so we'll kind of go into the next age of money lessons. Um, When my youngest son was six or seven, we started using this money box with him. And when he would get his allowance for the week, he had $3 of allowance, and he would put a dollar into each one of them. So a dollar for spend... Of course, that's what I picked first. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) A dollar share and a dollar save. Right, exactly. And so, um, and then there's a little passbook that comes with it. So you can kind of keep track. You can show them on a little ledger how to keep track of how the money's growing inside the bank. And um, so with him, you know, he would spend his spend money whenever he wanted to. And that was fine. Mm -hmm. He could spend it on whatever toys or whatever he wanted to. And the save money, we had a specific thing that was bigger that we were going to use that for which was a bicycle but the share money what he did with that is that every year he would just let that share money build up inside the share box and at the end of the year he'd have about 50 bucks that he would have in there and then we let him pick where he wanted to share that with oh that's wonderful now what he picked because (laughs) he was an animal lover was the humane society so we actually took the cash out of the bank and we went with him to the Humane Society and he gave the cash right there to the people at the Humane Society to help, you know, the mm-hmm. kittens and the puppies that he was so in love with. And he didn't try and hit you up for a puppy. Or oh, a every, kitten. Time. every time. Every <laughs> time. 
I think at one time we had four cats. But you can't always have what you want at the time. That's right. right. That's Remember right. that lesson I taught you at three? <laughs> but anyway, what was so great about this money lesson is how it translated to um, him being a giving human being too. Sure. So um, that stuck with him. And then when he was a teenager later in life, he actually went back to the Humane Society and volunteered time there. Oh, wow. So the Sweat financial equity. lesson from this little money box that we mm -hmm. used with him um, was something that translated to a lifelong love of animals. So first of all, if you're teaching the giving side of this with the share box, you want to have it connect with something that your child cares about. And my child happened to care about animals. I think that's just wonderful. It also teaches them that uh, money, it takes the guilt out of it. It's saying you know what you have to spend, you know what you have to save, and you know you get to pick where you want to share. Which ties right back into money buys you choices. Yes. And that's a really good thing to yeah. learn at a young age. <laughs> so we have lots of these money boxes available. If anybody has kids or grandkids that they would like to have one of these for, just reach out to us at strickfinancialservices.com. Send us an email or give us a call. You can find our number right online and ask for the money box. You can either come pick it up or we can mail it out to you. Um, but this is a great time to think about this because kids get Christmas money. I hate to say it. It's a great uh, stocking stuffer. There you go. <laughs> Here's how to save your money. Merry Christmas from Santa. <laughs> so, okay, moving on then to ages six to 10, um, which is really the biggest lesson is here is you need to make choices about how to spend this money. And what's really important to explain to your six to 10 year olds is that there's only so much money. It's mm. a finite thing. And it's important to make choices because once you spend it, you don't have any more to spend. Yeah. So really making choices deliberately about how you're going to spend that money is really important. So here's a great activity that you can do with your 6 to 10-year-old is when you go to the store with them, you can show them right at the store the difference in price between a generic version of something and a non-generic version of something. Oh, great idea. So for instance, I'm going to choose this generic apple juice here because the brand name is 50 cents more. And if I can save 50 cents on this and I can do this 10 times today while we're shopping – how much is 10 times sure. 50 cents? Sure. $5. Well, what else could we use that $5 for? Probably a toy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so making it all about them. Yes. But helping them understand the difference of why you might choose one thing versus the other thing helps embed that thing about money buys you choices. So what choices you make with your money is going to allow you to have more things potentially that you want. Right. All right, welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is teaching your kids about money. So we talked about some activities that you can do with your 3- to 5-year-olds and your 6- to 10-year-olds, and now we're going to go into um, those middle years, so ages 11 to 13. And this age group is the perfect age group to start teaching them about a little concept called compound interest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things. Um, so... It, it, this is the age where you can sort of shift from the idea of saving for short-term goals to something that's a little bit longer term. Your kids are mature enough now and understand that there's, you know, what a year is mm -hmm. is longer than, you know, 
uh, a month or, you know, saving for something for a longer period of time means they're going to get something of greater value. Sure. So if you can introduce the concept of compound interest, where you earn interest on your savings as well as on past interest from your savings, it starts to be kind of a fun game for kids at this age. So here's the activity with this is um, you want to describe compound interest using specific numbers. I'm sure the middle school math teachers will love this yes. too. <laughs> there you go. But the, the thing about this is you can't make this a vague term and expect them to get this. Sure. You want to use specific numbers. So, you know, if, if you are going to say something like, hey, if you put $2 into your bank every week, at the end of, you know, the year, you're going to have $104, right? And, you know, if you are going to keep doing that, then by this age, you'll have this many dollars. And by this age, you'll have this many dollars. But you want to get specific with the number so they can translate it to something that they would want to buy for that amount. You know, you could even show them $2 and then show them the amount over whatever period of time you want to say, this can become this, and you do nothing. Yes. The whole concept of let your money work for you. Right. And and one of the best ways that I've seen this work with kids this age is to say, well, let's think about something that you want. You know, a lot of kids want bigger gaming computer systems, or they want a you know an expensive bicycle or a trip or something like mm-hmm. that. And so picking out something that they want, and then there's a great resource that's called investor.gov, and investor.gov... Um, has some good uh, calculators on it that show if you're trying to save a certain amount of money and you have a certain amount of compound interest, how much do you need to save every oh. every week or every month? Mm-hmm. It's a really good place to show your child this is what it would take for you to get there. Okay. So how do we do that? Um, and then also it's just teaching them how to utilize money resources online mm-hmm. to go out and figure some of this stuff out oh, too. this is great. So there's lots of good little lessons inside of teaching your kids yes. about compound interest and going out and figuring out those numbers. Yet again, connecting it to something they actually want. Sure. So Maybe even a car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're probably thinking about that at yes. that time. Yeah, actually, yep. So... Okay, let's move on to the fourth age group, which is ages 14 through 18. So the most wonderful of all lovely teenage years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still licking my wounds. Yes, I understand as a parent and as a grandparent, I'm I'm sitting back saying, hmm, I wonder if you're going to be the same kind of teenager your mother was. Yes. Yes, I hear my dad saying, just you wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So here's the biggest lesson that we can teach our kids from ages 14 through 18. And this is about college and future education. So first of all, the main lesson is when comparing colleges, be sure to consider how much each school will cost. Okay. Now that seems like a pretty basic thing. Yeah, of course we want to compare college costs, but there's a number of different things inside here that I want to touch on. So first of all, this is the time where you can start discussing with your child how much you as a parent are going to be able to help contribute to their college education. So if you have saved for your child, this is where you can begin to talk about that and they're going to understand that you've done some savings for college. All right. So, um, you know, there's there's no right or wrong for parents or grandparents who are helping to save for college. But there is a, a good way to translate that to this is how much it will help you. 
Yes. Right. And I, you know, Mary, I can say my oldest daughter, um, I didn't realize that she had any stress about her college, but this is an age where all the kids are starting to talk about it, and they know kids that go to colleges, and I think it can be very vague to them to understand why different families chose chose different, uh, you know, different places, and this helps the kids set their sights realistically, I think, too. Exactly. So, um, again, I'm going to use my son, my youngest son, as an example. So for him, he's looking at USD. Mm -hmm. And also, I thought he was going to look at um, (laughs) SDSU, meaning South Dakota State University. But when he went to Google that, he decided he liked the other SDSU better. (laughs) San Diego? Or San Diego. Yes, San Diego. I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. So a Miss Google might change the trajectory of his little life, which I'm all for. If he wants to go to San Diego and go to school, that's fine. But so what we did was we showed him, okay, here's the cost per year at USD, (laughs) and here's the cost per year at San Diego, and here's what we have saved. So this is the amount that you're going to have to get in student loans. Mm -hmm. It's like $12,000 at USD for the course of four years, or... For San Diego, it's like $72,000. Now, this is going to be your loan when school is done. Right. And the difference between $12,000 and $72,000, let's figure this out. I think another thing I should add in here that you're doing that's great is you're still letting him choose. Yes, absolutely. You're not saying you cannot go, we can't afford it. You're saying let's do the numbers on this. Yes. And so then we showed him, hey, if you're going to pay this loan back over 10 years or 20 years even after you get out of school, here's how much the monthly payment would be for USD versus San Diego State. You know, this is the difference when you're an adult of being able to afford a car payment or not. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, if you started this at a young age, you can tie back in. Do you remember when you were five and I taught Mm -hmm. you this? This is the same thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that was most interesting about it is we also um, utilized some great resources that are out there for college-bound kids that show what the average salary is coming out of different schools. Well, there was no doubt that the larger school coming with an international business degree from San Diego State is going to launch him to probably a higher level of career earnings than a a general business degree coming out of USD is. So then we were able to say, okay, now look at the difference between earning power. If you can earn this much more, maybe it's going to be a little easier to pay back that loan. So Mm -hmm. it's not just a negative of, hey, you're going to have a bigger loan, but you have to take it to the next step with these kids of what's it worth? You know, what Mm -hmm. will that higher cost of education translate to you if you, in fact, follow the path of education that you took? Okay. So that's the lesson for um, ages 14 to 18 is compare the college costs, but also compare the potential earnings that you have from different schools. Okay, last lesson that I want to touch on is for kids who are over age 18. And this lesson is one that when I was 18, I wish I would have already Mm -hmm. known. (laughs) But you should use a credit card only if you can pay the balance off in full each month. Now, that seems like a super basic piece of information. You would think people would already know that. But fun fact of the day, the average credit card debt in America is actually $7,084 per person. Which means for some it's much higher. That's right, because that's an average, and some people do pay them off every month. So um, 
kids start to get into credit card trouble in college because college age is when credit card companies start throwing cards at them and yep. saying, oh, here, free money. You know, yes. here you go. And so teaching your child that it's way too easy to slide into credit card debt, which then creates credit issues going forward and all kinds of messes, teach them that to only use that card, which they should have one, mm-hmm. but use that card to pay that bill off every single month. So um, <clears throat> you want to look for a credit card that has a low interest rate. You also want to have a low spending limit mm-hmm. on them. And the sure. reality is to help them build their credit, you can teach them, let's pull a credit score now. Okay, you have no credit score. Mm-hmm. Let's get this and then show them over the course of six months, even if they just charge up 25 or $50 a month on that card and then pay it off every month, then you can show them after six months, here is your credit score. You now have one, and it's a good one. Wow. So, that's a valuable lesson. Yeah. So the lesson is pay it off every month, but the, the further activity with them is to show them how it actually builds the credit score. If they're responsible. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so those are some great money lessons for kids. Um, give us a call or come out to our strictfinancialservices.com website if you'd like to get the Save, Share, Spend money box for your kids or your grandkids. And uh, I also just want to mention that we have have a great seminar coming up in January. January 12th, we're doing another retirement readiness seminar. We'd love for our listeners to join us. So reach out and register on our website for that. And then also, I um, just wanted to mention, tune in next week. Next week, we have a really fun show. We're going to be talking about financial lessons from holiday movies. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.